Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. How are we doing on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and this is Off the Bench, your top sports talk show here on XLR Land University Radio. I am joined with Liam Worley today. No Chris Fortenberry, no one else. Just me and Liam today. Uh, they had like what a you said a crazy golf tournament death match or something. Yeah, Chris has to qualify well today to get into the next tournament. So it's a sudden death playoff between him and uh, another guy for the last spot. Oh wow! So. Uh Hopefully, I, I'm guessing he's, he's doing that right now as we speak, or is he like uh, waiting he, for it? Or? No, he should be almost done. They should probably be about through 14 or 15 holes right All now. All right, well, uh, good luck to Chris out there. I, I doubt you're listening, but if you listen to it on the way back, uh, good luck to you out there. Hopefully, you win the death match. But uh, yeah, man, Liam, we got you on the show here. Got you on the show today, and uh, it's an interesting one. It's a big one. We've been uh, hyping it up for a bit. Basically, it's our Super Bowl preview show. Um, we might go short, might go long, depends on how much we get going here, but we're just going to jump right into it. We don't have too, too much, like, well, pretty much we have no college football news because, well, it's the off season. The only news that really came out was that EA Sports is making a new college football video game, which came out of absolutely nowhere last night yeah. or yesterday afternoon. Super stoked for that. I mean, uh, I, mean I haven't personally played a uh, NCAA football game since uh, 2011 on the Wii. They had uh, on the Wii. Oh yeah, dude. I didn't even know that. Yeah, too. It was I. Heck, it may have been 2009 or something. Way back in the day when I was just a little fella. So it may uh, it may get me playing something besides NASCAR and Rocket League. Now. <laughs> exactly. I haven't played. I played Madden. I've had like the last three Maddens, even though the game makes me really mad because they don't. They're just bad at EA. Is just bad at making Madden games. But I've had it just because you know they're fun. I mean, I like to. It's good with friends. But I haven't played an NCAA football game in probably since the 2014 one and that's how you probably only play that at friends houses yeah well uh with the trick to madden is you got to create your own rosters that Uh way you can you know put yourself as the center of the team and everyone (laughs) else is a complimentary piece see i've never gotten into ultimate team i've never done it I did. I did it in FIFA, but I never did it in Madden. Well, me, Chris, and Matt, we just do a draft. We don't. Uh, we don't do <laughs> Ultimate Team. You just do, like like on like franchise mode. You do a draft. Uh, no, we just pick players. Like we we make the draft order ourselves, ah. and then uh, we go to some sort of different setting, and then pick teams, and you put whoever we want. Shoot, on I've never tried team. that. I got to get in on that maybe. Because yeah, it's a good time. It's, playing as the Dallas Cowboys and Madden just sucks recently. It's just not fun. I've been, I've been resorting to the Chargers and the Eagles, and well, not the Eagles, but you yeah. know all the other crappy teams because I just want a little different. But feel e- Either way, either way, that's about the only positive college football news out here. If we had Jaren on the show, we would have had him defending Clemson, but uh, he's working and everyone else is at golf. So just a two man show today, you know. I used to, we always do the two man shows, but I kind of like I kind of like the three people shows. You know, it's it's a little bit more banter. Yeah, it's, brings it's in some chaotic moments sometimes. Exactly, exactly. But either way, Super Bowl weekend coming this upcoming weekend. It's Wednesday right now. Sunday's the big game. Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. We got a bunch to discuss about this game as well. You know, pretty much the two biggest GOAT names in the NFL at the moment. Brady, obviously, at least right now, he's the greatest of all time in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is the rising star. And one of the biggest storylines coming around this game is 
which one's going to be the goat in the long term. Because this is this is a classic example of pass. They're gonna. I mean, they're probably gonna say this a billion times in the game, but like the passing of the torch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could play a drinking game about how many times they're gonna say that. So it's just it's a good topic that everyone's been talking about. But Liam, I'll just ask. Like, we'll start with this question. If Brady or Mahomes wins this game, who's going to be the ultimate go? And which, like, is this game more important for either one of those two guys? Well, Brady beat all the people of his generation, you know, the Rodgers, the Mannings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe even throw Kurt Warner or something in there yeah. towards the beginning and mid of his career. But uh, I think this game is going to mean more in the long run to Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to have to beat the all-time great as he's going out of the sport Mm -hmm. for him to beat all of these people like Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and people that are trying to get to him now get to his uh stature now uh so he can you know just propel himself forward and it'd be what his fourth or fifth season and this is his this is his third season but third season is starter. This is a is something one two three. This is his third as a starter. Yeah. yeah. So third is a starter, and he'd already have two Super Bowls. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just that's just a platform to do big things for the next ten to fifteen years. So I think it's bigger for Patty. Yeah. Tony Romo had a very good quote. I can't remember. He might have said this during or during after the AFC Championship game, but he said, "This is the biggest game Patrick Mahomes will ever play in. If he loses this game, he cannot catch Tom Brady." In my opinion. That's a pretty bold statement, but the way he's saying it is that, and this is kind of what I've been thinking a lot for this situation too, if Patrick Mahomes loses this game, Tom Brady now has seven rings compared to Mahomes' one. Yeah. And I know it's early in Mahomes' career, like you just said. It's only his third third season starting. But when you're already down six rings to somebody, I mean, he started off his career down six rings, and he got one last year, and he could get a second one this year. Yeah. But if you stay down six rings like that, that's so hard. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, you say that's so hard, but that's almost impossible in the NFL. Brady's the only one that's been able to do it. Yeah, I mean, we'd never seen anyone do it till Brady did it, and now Patrick Mahomes, for him to be the goat, is going to have to, you know, uh-huh. keep doing his thing. Which, I mean, thankfully the Chiefs just put him in a just perfect in, situation insane situation it's i know a you could storm but i mean he's got the tools to do it he's got the mindset to do it he's yeah. got the physicality all of that good stuff but it's just going to come to a few clutch moments like we're going to see sunday night yeah like basically like if like i said if brady can win this game it's seven to one and a big thing with brady he can completely control this goat talk by winning this game first off but then i mean just imagine right he wins this game and then he just retires which is a possibility. We've heard the talks about this. If he retires after this game, he's basically telling Mahomes, I beat you, I'm giving you no more chances to ever beat me again. Yeah. He's, which means there are two playoff uh, competitions, the AFC Championship game in 2018, which Brady won in overtime, and then this Super Bowl, Brady would have won both. Yeah. And if he just you know, drops the ball and says, I'm retiring after this game, that's it, Patrick Mahomes has no other chance to ever, you know, it's not like he doesn't have a rematch. It's just Brady's like, I'm not going to give you a rematch. You don't deserve a rematch. I'm the goat, done, done, did daddy, just like that. And Mahomes is then down, is then down six rings, and who knows how long if he could ever like catch up with that. I don't know. Do you even think Tom Brady's going to retire? See, if he wins, I think there's maybe like a 25, 75 chance that he yeah. retires. 25 being his retirement chances. Mm-hmm. I said, I think I said this last show. He has a second year on his deal. I'm, I'm pretty sure his Tampa Bay deal was two years, and. If he wins this one, I 
I mean, he's look he looks like he's in the prime of his career right now. He's he really he's does. slinging the ball everywhere. He's had one of the best passer ratings and passing seasons he's ever had, partially because he's had Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin and yeah. all these star players in Tampa Bay. But he's looking like just as good as he's ever been. I mean, you look at players like Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger, who are both younger than Brady and have played for less time than him, they're deteriorating before our eyes, you know. Yeah. Big Ben um, he just he's getting injured the last couple of years. He's just not can't run. He, he can't five run yards Ex- without looking like he's about to fall over. <laughs> exactly, he can't run at all. And then Drew Brees, he can't even throw the ball really twenty yards max, which is kind of why Michael Thomas is Mister Slant Boy down there. But mm-hmm. Drew Brees could be retiring the season. Uh, Eli Manning's already gone, which he retired a few years ago. But in that same draft class, Philip Rivers, who just retired this off season, he did. And out of all these guys, Tom Brady's just up at the top, doing he's phenomenal. Last, last one standing. He's like the he's the LeBron of the NFL. I mean, you look at LeBron and all the people with him, Dwayne Wade and Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony. Wade's out of the league. Anthony's he's still in the league, but he's you know he's like a bench player. He's like for a six Portland. man. Yeah, exactly. He's he'll get a good game every once in a while, but he's averaging probably like eight points a game or something. He's, yeah. And then LeBron, he's still the star player, best in the league, averaging twenty five plus points a game. Yeah. That's what Brady is right now. So if he wins or even loses the Super Bowl, if he loses, I totally see him coming back i mean i see the pros and cons to both but i definitely think he loses there's probably about a 95 percent chance he comes back and yeah. if he wins i'd say it's closer to half half i mean you said three quarters to a quarter but yeah i, I just it's, i say the three quarters thing because i just i can't see tom brady retiring you know i can't either he's been the best quarterback in the league ever since like I'm, for my entire life yeah no he's except for one year in the league since like oh one since oh one yeah so something. so yeah. i was born in 2000 he's been in the league for Every year except one that I've been alive, ever since I've followed football, he's been the guy. Yeah, no. It's just you don't see him retiring. No. So I just don't want to think he's going to retire, but if he wins this game, I think you know maybe it's a 33-67 kind of deal. Yeah. Maybe it's 50-50, but I think there's definitely a chance of it. I just I just can't see him retiring. But either way, with this GOAT talk and, Mah- and Patrick Mahomes is in this game for him, I will add the one thing. if Mah- like We haven't said this, but if Mahomes wins, it's now 6-4 to four, him and Brady. Brady might stay in the league. He might retire. Who knows what's going to happen? Most likely he's coming back if Mahomes wins. But if Mahomes wins, I guarantee you there's going to be talks immediately after the game if Mahomes is already the GOAT or if he's going to be the GOAT in a year or two. I mean, uh, some of that could be validated, you know, through what he does in the next two or three years, you know, short-term stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't don't see any way you could say that after just, you know, playing in two Super Bowls. I mean, yeah, you're phenomenal. You're probably the most entertaining player to watch in football with all his side arms and stuff. Mm -hmm. I know social media just freaking rides him. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I just don't see the argument you could make for him being that good so soon. I mean, he's what, like, he's only like 25 years old. Brady's yeah 42 43 yeah see i don't know if i'd make the argument but i know it's going to be said and i'd like to address it like here because if mahomes wins his second in three years he'll have an mvp under his belt probably two super bowl mvps if he wins it again Mm -hmm. he probably could have the mvp this year if aaron Rodgers wasn't just amazing yeah because patrick mahomes was pretty much the mvp leader all season until maybe the last quarter when aaron Rodgers kind of took off but if mahomes wins two super bowls in three seasons and i'm personally i'm still saying brady's the goat because brady all he does is he wins games. He That's it. Clutch, clutch moments, he wins them nine times out of ten. You d- he's the one guy you don't want having the ball with two minutes left down four. I mean, just look at his trophy shelf. 
Yeah, six Super Bowls. Got everything to I mean, prove MB, for it. MVPs that he have, like three or four probably. I have no idea. He's had two, I think, or two or three this decade alone. So yeah. He's played in three different decades now. But with Mahomes' thing, because the big thing I heard, and I heard this a couple times like on Twitter and stuff, is that, yes, Tom Brady has all these accomplishments and all these, like, you know, the MVPs, Super Bowl MVPs, Super Bowl titles, but he just doesn't look like a GOAT to you when you see him play. Yeah. You know, you look at someone like like, uh, like, like Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. right? And Michael Jordan, he had the swagger, he had the Nike shoe deal, he was dunking on people, he was athletic, doing all this, and he backed it up with the wins. He was doing everything. The kids loved him. He had posters of him, and, and you know. But, and he looked like, he looked like a, uh, like a superstar. He looked like the GOAT. And then you look at someone like, you know, like the Wilt Chamberlain, Abdul-Jabbar guys in the NBA yeah. from the previous years. You you don't think of them as like the goats? No, I mean it's kind of like it's kind of different when you know it's happening. They're in the back end of their career, like uh how Tom Brady is. Like you know, this could be his last game, and the people that are going to be there, they don't know that now. Mm -hmm. But let's say he retires in a month, you know, they're just going to be like, "Wow, I was at Mm -hmm. Tom Brady's last game." And you can't think that with Patrick yet, just because he's so young and has got so much more potential, and uh, just road ahead of him that mm-hmm. he could get to but yeah i mean you can't think of that right now brazy end of his career it makes everything he does that much more impressive exactly right? the thing is everybody i mean i hate social media i hate social media sports takes so much because they suck but everybody on social media loves the eye test you yeah. know you see it and they're good you just see it you don't have to look at stats you don't have to look at anything apparently that, that's a criteria for the college football playoff too exactly exactly yeah. you just it's the eye test and with the eye test of mahomes he's got the sidearm throws he makes the big plays he's all over espn he has the endorsement deals super bowl rings and mvps with all, especially the younger generation all they know is patrick mahomes yeah. they don't know about all the he's, previous he's, tom brady stuff. he's got all these commercials and stuff exactly too. like i mean he's taking over the new state farm guy from yeah. aaron Rodgers since aaron Rodgers kind of on his way out too he's seen as the best in the nfl right now and yeah. that's that's what i'm saying when he wins if he wins the second super bowl here the media is going to take it people are going to start thinking he's the best of all time because he has the michael jordan-esque of what the nfl is he has the swagger the cool plays the endorsement deals stuff that Brady really doesn't. Brady is the GOAT because he's earned it. He's won the games. I mean, career accolades, you could say, you can make the argument that, you know, Peyton Manning was had a better career than Tom Brady. If yeah. you take out the trophies and stuff, stats-wise and the players around him, you could make the argument. Same for Drew Brees. Same with, like, Drew Brees, Roethlisberger. Yeah. You could make the argument that those guys are better than Brady. Physically, like, Aaron Rodgers is the biggest example. You know, mm-hmm. people say he's the most talented quarterback ever. Yeah. And, but he's not the GOAT because Brady has the rings to back it up. Exactly. But, you know, Brady can't scramble. He's never really been a scrambler. He can't – he's not making the big Hail Mary throws. He's not – has the strong. he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's no. not, like, the talent-wise of Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes has the talent like that. He has the swagger of Michael Jordan, and he also wins and backs it up. He's 44-9 and nine in his NFL career. He backs it up on every level. It's just – the media is going to take that as he's the go, and personally for me, and I'm I'm guessing you're the same way. I'm not going to take Mahomes as my go until he matches Brady in those rings. I'm not going to say that he has to get six of yeah. them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll but that. like you know, he gets three or four, f- three or four. Or you could make a very good argument. It's this. It's the same like thing as LeBron and Jordan. Yeah, you know, it's exactly like it's that. exactly like or that. Could be like that. Yeah, if 
Mahomes doesn't yeah. fall off a cliff. I mean, you look at the way he's he signed what a ten year deal with the. Chiefs. I wouldn't expect him to, but you know, no. unforeseen crazy injuries or something can yeah. happen. Yeah, and the way these Chiefs look, like this team, as long as they can keep them together, they're looking like they could go off for three or four Super Bowls in the next decade in the twenty twenties and score fifty points at each of them. Exactly, like yeah. it's looking like you know the early two thousands Patriots, like they're going to go to the Super Bowl every other year or like you know three or four or five times a decade which is what the patriots have been able to accomplish if not more because the afc i mean you look at the bills in the afc championship game the only really competitors they destroyed they destroyed the bills and no one would have really expected too much out of them this season yeah it's probably going to be like that it's probably going to be like how the jaguars were randomly good one season yeah i mean the bills probably i expect them to have a little more consistency but because i mean you know they're not led by blake bortles which yeah. is what have with the Jaguars they're just gonna have like a dark horse come out uh-huh. every year I every think couple and of year. you know win 11 or 12 games and compete against mm-hmm. the Chiefs and probably fall yeah I mean that Jordan LeBron thing is a, like exactly what it's a perfect example if Mahomes can win a couple more rings even if he doesn't get six and I don't even know if I'd expect him to get six or seven like Brady just because that's so hard to do and the overall talent in the league keeps going it up. keeps getting better you have yeah. more and more teams that have really good starting quarterback well and you know that goes back to college you know everyone's strength and conditioning Uh stuff is getting more uh more strict and they're doing more and more of it they're practicing more yeah used to have like quarterbacks out of college not be good for a few years and now they're coming straight out as rookies and being mvp candidates yeah it's insane so the talent's only going to go up and, and if Mahomes can continue that and if he doesn't reach the six or so rings as brady if he can get three or four he'll be in that conversation just like lebron and mj yeah you know like we, I could probably you could make the good argument that LeBron's a better physical basketball player than Michael Jordan. You know, I don't know about I don't know the stats on top of my head because this was obviously a huge debate a few years ago with LeBron and Jordan. But yeah, you know, LeBron has you know more rebounds, assists, points. He could have all those stats better. You know, more career total points and all that. But people still say Jordan's the goat because he won six titles with the Bulls. Well, see, it's kind. Of, I mean, in a way, it is the same, but in a way, it's different because. Because Mahomes won't be losing six titles like LeBron did. No, but it's also like different. Uh, Jordan and LeBron, they played in different eras. You know, none of theirs overlapped. At least very true. Mahomes and Tom Brady will have some overlapping years. To mm-hmm. like we said, they did do these head-to-head matchups, and they were just crazy games to watch or something on yeah. TV. Like that, it could that could have happened. You know, like if we could have watched that happen with LeBron and Michael Jordan, maybe we would have a better answer for everybody mm-hmm. right now. But you know, we don't. That's so. true. I mean, LeBron and MJ they play in completely different eras of football, and Brady's played so long. I mean, you look at the early two thousands. I mean, that was a completely different era of football than we have now. I mean, yeah, now it's you know it's the mobile quarterbacks soft refs exactly yeah Yeah. and back then you know if you were holding someone you were gonna have to run three laps at practice (laughs) and now if you hold someone you're given a cookie so (laughs) i don't know exactly i mean it's different but the fact that you know brady's been able to be consistently good throughout these all these eras Mm -hmm. i mean he went through the early 2000s with you know playing the Rams in the Super Bowl and Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf and went through the Ray Lewis era of just we'll break your jaw in half if you even play us you yeah. know and now he's playing with quarterbacks that can run for 80 yards a game like Allen or and run or like Lamar, four 440s run four 440s and Brady's just you know hobbling around in his pocket 
throwing darts to whoever, whatever short little white slot receiver he's got. Exactly. And it works for him. He's making Super Bowls with it. So it's how it's. He's. I mean, he's kind of kept his same uh, style that he had when he came into the league. Yeah, it's amazing. It still works because yeah. you see. I mean, the pass, the pocket passer era is leaving and, very quickly. And uh, defenses should have, you know, been like, oh, we we got a hold of this now, and the offenses are throwing different schemes out there uh-huh. to try to behoove them. Tom Brady's like, nah, dog. I got I'll just, this. I'll just, just keep doing it. I'll just keep doing it. Keep throwing the rock. Well, just, I mean, it's going to be an insane game either way, and the the goat conversation is going to be one that's going to be had for years to come. Once until Brady retires, I mean, it's going to be a big conversation, and once he does retire, it's probably going to be a bigger conversation mm-hmm. because it's just is you have not you have nothing. Once Brady retires, you have nothing more to judge Brady on. You know, that's it. He took his whole career, and now you have to judge all of that based on what Mahomes is doing now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who knows? Maybe in twenty twenty four, another kid will come out of college and light up the league for yeah. like the most random team. I mean, Trevor could do something. Yeah, Trevor. Lamar I mean, Jackson's got it. Yeah, uh, Deshaun, if he ever finds a good and comfy home, he's got the talent yeah. to do stuff and like that. And what's crazy is Mahomes wasn't even the top guy in his draft. He was what the third quarterback taken. Yeah, he was, he was after, like pick twelve or something. Yeah, he was taken after Trubisky and and, uh, and Watson. Yeah. Which, which the Watson, you'd flip those. I don't know. You know, I, I'm fine with Houston taking Watson there, but Trubisky yeah. will never, will never forgive Chicago for that one. But never. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, if he was the third quarterback taken that draft, he wasn't the biggest recruit or he wasn't the biggest prospect. That's what Mitchell Trubisky was at a UNC, and uh, that's why you know taking quarterbacks really early doesn't always work for you unless you got the Trevor Lawrence's or the Joe Burrows, yeah, the Kyler Murray's, in just it. people that are insanely gifted. Exactly. Exactly. But getting off the goat stuff, we'll switch over to you know the actual gameplay that's going to be going on mm-hmm. and what's going to happen because you know we all know it's not just the quarterback that makes the team. I make this argument all the time. I love this argument so much. It's not just the quarterback. If you have a bad coach and a bad defense, you're not going to win games no matter nope. how good your quarterback is, Cowboys. So the big the big storyline here is that you know, like I, I was talking about the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs destroyed those Bills, right? And the Packers and and Buccaneers had a bit of a better game. But it's really apparent that the Chiefs have probably the best offense in the league. One of the best that's really been like out there in the NFL for the last decade or so. Yeah, in our lifetimes. Exactly. I mean, just look in the AFC Championship game. Mahomes, 325 yards, three touchdowns, a 127.6 pass rating. Just insane stats in one of the biggest games he'll play in, an AFC Championship game, to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like I said, 44-9 record with the Chiefs since he's been there. It's just insane. But this Chiefs... This Chiefs offense, you know, points per game, they're sixth in the league, first in yards per game, and they're third and third down efficiency. They're one of the elites. Yeah. And the big topic is, is Tampa Bay's defense going to stop them? You know, they've had a very stellar defense so far, carry them to a win against the Saints in the uh, in the Superdome in New Orleans and practically forced Drew Brees to retire after having a three-interception potentially final game for, his, uh, for the New Orleans Saints. But is the defense of Tampa Bay going to be able to – play as well and keep up with the Chiefs offense because that's what happened with the Bills the Bills have had a great defense all year and they couldn't stop the Chiefs and their offense just couldn't keep up I mean you can score a lot of points against the Chiefs but if you're not scoring you're not matching their score drive for drive you're going to fall behind so yeah is this defense for for Tampa going to be able to keep up with this offense for for Kansas City I'm going to have to say probably not uh yeah both of the corners they're Auburn boys Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis and they're both thinking really highly of themselves because they shut Michael Thomas down this year uh who who they shut Devon they played Devontae Adams yeah 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 Yeah. Devontae Adams right now has the most touchdowns in the in the uh NFL 
and you know they stopped him enough to get by. So stopped for, him on two. It was what two, three straight plays twice in yeah, the red zone. Yeah. So I mean, you know, they think they're going in there big headed because you know that's kind of how their personalities are right now. But uh, I don't think anybody else on the on the defensive side can do anything enough, well enough to stop Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Uh, let, if I don't know if Edwards Lair is back and healthy yet. I think he is. Le'Veon Bell's been a oh, question mark, oh, but well, he's I mean, not really a factor as much. But I think I think Hilaire played in the I think he played in the AFC Championship game. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. I watched most of that game, but I can fact check it for you. That would be good. But I mean there's just so many offensive pieces. I mean Denard Rob or not Denard, whatever. Coleman? Well him, but they have that Robinson Darryl, guy too. The running back? Mm-mm. No, he's Robinson. a wide receiver. Robinson, Robinson, Robinson. I don't know. But he's pretty good, too. Like, he's a sneaky little guy. He had a, he's had some really big games in the past. He's got speed, and they usually utilize him. Demarcus as a Robinson. Threat. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I said Denard, though. You were close. Yeah, well, the NCAA football talks got me thinking about <laughs> Denard since yeah. he was on the last cover. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I mean, they just got so many pieces that, you know, if you're covering, if you're putting two people on Tyreek Hill or something, you know, you're, there's probably going to be – you're going to have a good open route with Kelsey or one of these other guys we're talking about, and they're going to be able to just manhandle or just run fast and run past everybody. So I don't know. I don't think uh, it can be done. But, uh, you know, I'm optimistic. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I'm thinking – I'm getting like Super Bowl – what was it, 53 – I think it was 53 vibes with the Eagles and the Patriots. You know, just it was like, what, 44 to 38 or something. You know, just a high-scoring game, high-flying. It's going to be a good one. I don't think the secondary for Tampa is going to be able to match this offensive attack. And, you know, the way the Chiefs run it, they don't run the ball particularly, like, very, like, a ton. You know, Edward Solaire has about 800 yards in the year. Le'Veon Bell about 300. They're, they're a committee running back. They're not running it up, up your throat. That's not their game plan. I mean, they're they had Damian Williams or whoever that was last year who I thought was going to get the Super Bowl MVP. He should have, yeah. yeah I, but, I've talked about it on the show. I thought he should have gotten it, too. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, he's still getting some reps in there, too. I mean, they'll surprise you with the run game whenever. Tampa Bay has been really good against the run, so I don't see them utilizing it too much. You know, Tampa Bay's only allowed one 100-yard rush this entire season. Mm-hmm. They're first in yards per carry with 3.6 allowing, and they're first in yards per game, 80.6 yards per game allowed. So they're going to stop the run if they push it. The thing about the Chiefs, though, is most of their rushing attack comes from their wide receivers in forms of screens or jet sweeps. Mm-hmm. So that's the stuff you really got to watch out for. I mean, you saw versus the Bills, like McCole Hardman, Tyreek Hill, they'll take a jet, swe- jet sweep randomly for 20-something, 30-something yards. Yeah, it, it's, it's you know scary how well they do it. And they'll get one, two, or three of those a game, and it could just completely change a drive. It gives you tons of momentum on a jet sweep because it's technically kind of like a trick play kind of thing. It's not really a traditional play you'd run. So it's going to get you a little bit of momentum. It's going to get you that run, get you the yardage, and that's what Kansas City is really good about. And I don't really know. You don't really have the stats for Tampa Bay on how well they are against jet sweeps, but they're great against the run, but that's mostly interior running. Jet sweeps for outside running. That could be a really really big factor for the Chiefs. The only thing about this defense I could really pinpoint for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that's going to really work for them is that pass rush. I mean, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, they've been phenomenal this year. Jason Pierre-Paul, I believe, nine and a half sacks. Yeah, Shaq Barrett, eight sacks. Yeah. 
both have forced fumbles. Jason Pierre-Hall, four forced fumbles on the year, and two two for uh, Shaq Barrett. Those two interior guys as well, you know, on blitzes, you had linebacker Devin White. He's flown in there. He's had nine sacks on the year. Yeah, this he team, had some good picks, uh, too. Yeah, exactly. Against like, Aaron Rodgers, so. They make, the, the defense will make plays when it has to come down to it. Yeah. And a def- and defense coordinator Todd Bowles blitz on almost 40% of their snaps mm-hmm. they're going to get pressure on Mahomes. that's one of the ways you have to do it because i mean tyreek hill's going to run free in that secondary if you give him enough time he'll get open so you have to put Mahomes under that pressure quickly Mahomes can run though though too so like let's say the pocket collapses mm-hmm. and it's in on him if he has a lane to the left or right he's gone he's gonna take or it if and... the pocket spreads out and he gets in the middle he's going to run past that linebacker that's standing there in the middle being yeah. a spy just because he's got that speed, so and there's and there's always you're always gonna have you know Tyreek Hill running some triple move up top, like mm-hmm. you know once he scrambles, Tyreek Hill's just going sideline to sideline, just getting open, and then yeah. you'll have Kelsey on a, on you know a fade away or a fade route up the middle, just open for twenty yards. Yeah, and over Hardman top the linebackers. can do a big deep post route, there's you just, know, for fifty sixty yards. Exactly, there's just so many variables to Chiefs offense, and it's it's this is exactly the conversation we were having at this time last year when they were playing the Forty ers Yeah, and I mean Jameson talked for an hour about. Can I mean the 49ers have a I mean last year they had one of the best defenses in the league right mm-hmm. you know with Nick Bosa and all those guys they were phenomenal but we talked like yes their defense is good but is it good enough to stop the Chiefs we we did a whole debate it's the same conversation and it didn't it they stopped the Chiefs last year they really did for three quarters yeah it just came down to the end guess what newsflash everybody Jimmy Garoppolo's not as clutch as Patrick Mahomes and that's what cost you the game in the fourth quarter yeah. You could, I could totally see the same thing happening. I mean, I could see the Buccaneers shutting this down. Tampa Bay or uh, Kansas City having a slow start for a little bit. Um, you know, maybe not putting up twenty points even at halftime, and then fourth quarter, it's just the battle of the two comeback kings. You know, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Mahomes, blow for blow in the fourth quarter. You know, halftime could be ten to seven for all I know, and then the final score is going to be thirty three to thirty five. Exactly. It's that's that's the pace. It's going to start slow and just keep building up, building up because each quarterback's super clutch. It's going to be blow for blow. I'm not expecting a 50-point, you know, like 50 burgers on both sides like that Rams-Chiefs game a couple mm-hmm. years ago. But I'm expecting a lot of fireworks late. So defense is coming up big. We're talking about that a little later, which defense is going to be the ultimate successor in this. But I can't see the Tampa Bay defense stopping them for the whole game. I think they'll stop them for a, a quarter or so, but definitely not stopping the Chiefs' offense for the whole game. That's that's practically impossible, I think. I mean, it could work both ways, too. I mean, the Chiefs' uh, defense isn't the best defense we've ever seen. You know, yeah. they don't have just, just superstars at every position you look at. They got Chris Jones, who is just – he's been good the past mm-hmm. two or three years. He's got a big payment a couple months ago, I think, yeah. the preseason. And, I mean, you got Honey Badger back there lurking, Tyran Matthew. He's He's – insane mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I mean he was a safety at the Heisman ceremony which has only happened once in my recollection yeah I think you're right so I don't know I mean he's insanely talented but I, I just I don't think either of those defenses is going to be able to put up enough of a fight for uh either side to pull away too much mm-hmm. I'll say what it's going to come down to a defense making a play to win this game I mean mm-hmm. the, the offenses can put up as many points as they want but a defense going to have to make some kind of play at some point to win the game for him. So. Which is going to happen. I mean, it's a high-pressure situation, even though these quarterbacks are the best in the world, but someone could, you know, mishandle a ball on the snap and drop it or misplace mm-hmm. it during the handoff or throw a kind of sloppy pick. Uh, just, you know, that 
something we wouldn't expect from either of them. Yeah, it's going to take something crazy to uh, to really separate these two teams. But uh, we'll go into a quick break here. When we get back, we're going to talk more Super Bowl, tons of more topics to discuss about this game, tons of fun things. And we got some more NFL topics and some other stuff coming for the rest of the show. So, guys, stay tuned and listen if you're not already uh, subscribe to us on our podcasting network. Please check us out. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play Music. Uh, just look up Off the Bench on there. You know, the Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, all the fun stuff. Just look up again Off the Bench with spaces in between it. Look for the green, gray, and white logo, and we're right there. But anyway, guys, we're going to go into a quick song break when we get back. More NFL and Super Bowl talk. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. And we are back here on Off the Bench. My name is Hayden Joyner, as always, and we are here with Liam Worley. We're talking Super Bowl stuff, as always, and uh, we'll get right back into it where we left off, talking a bit about these defenses and how they're going to keep up with the offense. And we were talking mostly about Tampa Bay, right? And we were talking mm-hmm. about how Tampa Bay is going to be able to stop this historically elite Chiefs offense. It's been elite for the last couple of years, ever since really, ever since Patrick Mahomes got there. They've been the team to beat in mm-hmm. the NFL when it comes to the offense. But for the Chiefs defense, you kind of alluded to it a little bit at the start. You don't. I mean, they haven't been one of the more elite guys no. in this NFL so far. You know, they're 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 ranked in the top ten in a few stats. They're not awful, and they'll come up big when they have to. Sometimes. I mean, they held the Bills to less than twenty points for about two and a half quarters until the Bills finally decided to actually do something in the late third and fourth quarter to put up a little comeback that ultimately wasn't going to work against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But the defense for Kansas City does come up big in a few instances. You know. They'll get the big play every once in a while. It's just the offense that you get. You know, they get all the credit. They get all the credit because you know they're they're the offense. They're Patrick Mahomes, but they're the ones putting up the points. Yeah, and, but the Kansas City defense, I wouldn't completely like just toss to the side and say they're going to get burnt this game because they're they're going to make some plays. Like, don't get me wrong, but yeah, when it comes to like the main argument, you got to look at the Tampa Bay's defense because they're going against one of the best offenses in, in football and. When it, like Tampa Bay's offense, they've been spectacular this year. Tom Brady's had one of his best passing years, but they're up and down. They're not as consistent as Kansas City, so we'll have to wait and see how good Kansas City's defense is going to do. But it's kind of like the same last year. We were saying Kansas City defense against the 49ers offense. That wasn't as big of a talking point as what the Chiefs' offense was going up against because the elite defense is in the NF- NFC. It's not really the AFC side. No, it's not. AFC has the offense. NFC has the defense. That's how it's been for the last couple Super Bowls, honestly. So Yeah. But... I'll shift to this topic. You know, it's crazy that this is the first time this has ever happened in NFL history, but for the first time, a team in the Super Bowl will be playing at their home stadium, which is what Tampa Bay is up to right now. Right. How are we feeling really about this? Because Bruce Arians came out and said just a couple days ago that this is a, quote, huge advantage for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing at home. It's the first time it's ever happened. It's going to be interesting. The weird thing is this is a COVID year. And the pregame stuff for the Super Bowl hasn't been the same. I mean, obviously, like usually the whole week leading up to the Super Bowl, you're in a you're in the stadium or in, you know, these built like conference centers around the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. the teams are staying there for a week beforehand. You got media days, interviews with the players, all this kind of fun stuff. Kind of like you know Marshawn Lynch saying, "I'm just here so I don't get fined." Kind exactly. of deal. That's what goes on with the Super Bowl, and it doesn't feel like that anymore because you know we're not doing that. You, I mean, there was a couple of clips that came out a few days ago of. Mahomes and Brady talking on Zoom calls and having interviews that way. Yeah, it's just you know it's kind of sad to see, but it's what we're living in right now. We got to deal with it. But with that being said, you know 
Kansas City isn't even flying in to Tampa Bay until Saturday, until the day before the game, because you'd rather pregame all your stuff in your stadium since you're not going to be allowed there anyway right? and do all the media stuff in your home on Zoom. So it's not like Kansas City is going to have to stay in the Tampa Bay area for a week, and Tampa Bay is not staying in Tampa Bay like around all their facilities for a week. They're at home doing Zoom and doing pre-prep practices and quizzes and stuff like whatever Baker Mayfield was talking about yeah. a few weeks ago, like they're just taking tests on the plays and stuff. That's what they're doing to warm up for the Super Bowl. So, Liam, how like how much of an advantage do you think this is really going to come down to? I mean, I don't – like, let's say this was a regular year and it was still in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would probably be a bigger thing because, uh, you know, it's in Tampa Bay, so all the fans would have quick access – to go to the stadium whether they're actually in it or they're just in and around it kind of still affecting the mojo because if you're making big enough plays you're going to be able to hear people Mm -hmm. you know yelling you know outside the stadium watching on big screens or whatever but I think it won't affect either team that much in either direction I mean it's probably better for the Chiefs since there's not going to be a bunch of crazy Buccaneers fans going wild in there. Just bombarding them all day on media day. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's going to be a little uncomfortable for them because it's in Raymond James Stadium where the Buccaneers have played all season and they're accustomed to these conditions with how COVID is. So, you know, they're going to have their everyday routine just going into their own stadium, doing everything they would normally do, even though it's the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs are going to have to kind of get accustomed. Yeah, this isn't what we did last year. Mm-hmm. There's not all these people out here trying to take pictures of us and get all of us to say something into a microphone. They're going to be like, well, uh, I'm going to go to the locker room <laughs> now and we'll see you in a few. I mean, it's going to, like, the only thing I can really think of, because, like, fans honestly aren't even going to be a factor this Super Bowl. They're allowing, I mean, they're allowing, I have it written down somewhere. They're allowing 22,000 fans at the stadium, right? The NFL is. And 7,500 of those is going to be frontline workers that they're giving, like, free tickets to. Mm-hmm. That's what the NFL has been doing. And then they said the other, like, the rest of the the the, uh, the fans, so that would be, what, like 15,000 or whatever, yeah. are going to be, they said in a lottery between the other teams. So, like, they're just going to allow this number of fans from this team, this team, like, you know, just giving away. Well, that's usually how it works. Yeah, it's always a combination. But there's going to be, you know, I mean, there's going to be people trying to make money off of their tickets that they mm-hmm. got from Kansas City, the Tampa Bay fans, just since they can drive from their house. Yeah, to I'm the sure, stadium. like, all the New Orleans fans aren't going to want to attend the Super Bowl. Exactly. So they're gonna like, let's sell them to the Tampa fans or whatever. Yeah. I, I just don't, you know, you, you kind of would think, like, oh, it's in their home stadium, it's going to be. 70 percent bucks fans and it's mm-hmm. gonna be like a home game for them and that's not i'm just saying like that's not gonna happen you know it's, you know, if, i mean it could like you said it, if they're selling might. off tickets and you have to wait really i guess until the stands fill up to tell how many tampa bay fans are there but i don't think it's gonna be as dramatic as we think and the only thing that's really gonna be similar for the bucks is you know they're in their same locker room with their numbers and their names on the yeah. on the lockers and They'll. I mean, I doubt it's really your pregame routine isn't affected by the stadium you're in unless you're playing in Lambeau and it's snowing or something. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, and it's, I mean, yeah, it's the Super Bowl, but even though you know you're going to try to keep your routine is, uh, you know, not do different stuff uh-huh. as you normally would. That way, you're in the right mindset and all that stuff. 
And, I mean, they got they just have such a bigger advantage. I'm not going to say a bigger advantage because of it, just because. They're more comfortable. Yeah, no, they're going to be more laid back. It's going to be more leisurely for them. And then when Mm -hmm. they get out on the field and kind of just feel it in the air, it's when they're going to turn into these big, bad football players. Yeah, it'll just be another game for them. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. The only the only benefit Tampa's going to have is just the familiarity with it. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like the fans aren't going to be a factor. Probably and it's the Super Bowl, so you know the stadium's not decorated in only Bucks stuff and mm-hmm. like merch and stuff. It's going to have both teams. You know, already they've painted the end zones one side Chiefs, one side's Bucks with the big Lombardi in the center. Yeah, but it's not. It's going to be like that. It's not going to have the Buccaneers logo in the center of the field and the Buccaneers, you know, signs and merchandise yeah, everywhere. Yeah, there will be banners everywhere that say Super Bowl. Yeah, it's LV. I Bes- think that's like besides the locker room and the shape of the stadium. It's not going to be that big of an effect. Mm-hmm. Maybe the only thing is the mental, like the mental aspect in the Buccaneers fans. Like, oh, we're playing in our stadium. We have to win it for our city, kind of deal. Like yeah. that's really going to be it. And I mean, if you're playing the Super Bowl in Arizona, you're going to be saying. We're going to win it for our city anyway. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just the mental aspect that's going to be an issue, really. But I mean, the chief like for the Chiefs side of things, it like they're not going to care. It's just any of the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. You're playing in a random team stadium. That's yeah. just how it works. Yeah. The only time it really sucks for a team playing a certain stadium is say like if Philadelphia decided to play or if they went and made the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl was in Arlington, Texas, where the Cowboys play like mm-hmm. that. That kind of would suck. That yeah. would really suck, I mean, and vice versa. I mean, it's like if the Steelers, if Cowboys were playing in Pittsburgh for the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, that would suck. But this is, you know, home field advantage, whatnot. Again, if it was a full Super Bowl, a legit one, I totally agree with you, like you were saying earlier, yeah. where the media days and the weeks leading up, I mean, you would have Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans everywhere. Oh, all that, and I mean, it's mentally and physically exhausting for the players because mm-hmm. they they don't do that every week. No. Yeah, they may go have one, you know, one. midweek and then one post game if they had a really good game. But besides that, they're not gonna, you know, have to sit down through twenty thousand interviews. Yeah, it's 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 a it's like a you know, twelve hours a day process. Mm-hmm. I mean you see it you I mean you see all the stuff. It's like they're in a convention center on a stand with the microphone and there's probably 30 50 reporters in front of them just all asking questions for hours because mm-hmm. it's not like post game where you only have maybe 20 minutes before you know he has to catch a plane yeah the players catch a plane to go back home or go to their hotel or whatever they're doing it all day because they have nothing better to do yeah. you know so with that without that happening and they're doing it all on zoom and the kansas city players getting to stay in kansas city i think that's you know it's not going to matter too too much I mean, yeah. you're right it's, it's it's funny that Bruce Arians was the one who was like, it's, we have a huge advantage of this game. And as the head coach, you should know pretty well that this isn't really that big of a deal. But no, the only the only interesting thing is that, you know, it's a headline. It's the first time it's ever happened before. So it just sucks. This is a COVID year. So we can't see the full extent of what what it could be, what it could for, be, you know, uh, Tampa Bay and what it would do to Kansas City. But yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's probably a good thing for us just to see the pure talent of these football players to see which one's better mm-hmm. exactly exactly the, the only other thing i mean it's i'm just thinking like the super bowl right and obviously the goat talk and all this it's just gonna be an entertaining one and i'm trying to think cbs is reporting it that's fun you know mm-hmm. tony romo and those guys the second super bowl tony romo's made the second super bowl yay never yeah. did it with the cowboys but it, it's it, i mean overall it's just gonna be a fantastic game this mm-hmm. one's gonna it's gonna be we say this i feel like we say this every year but it's gonna be one of the all-time good ones a lot of, i mean recently we've had most of the good super bowls i mean you think about it last year's was pretty good um super bowl was it 48 40 49 the one with you know 
the interception on the goal line with the Seahawks, the mm-hmm. Patriots. That was twenty-eight twenty-four. That was one I mean, of the greatest Super Bowls. Patriots come back against the Falcons. That, yeah, fifty-two, and then fifty-three immediately after that was the Eagles game, and that one with Nick Foles and the Philly Philly. Yeah, that mean, was a great game. It was a good game. We've had a bunch of good ones. The if you, I mean, you go back about a decade, Pittsburgh and Arizona and that Super Bowl with the Heinz Ward catching the end zone. Right, phenomenal game. So this one. This one's gonna end up being a classic. We're out of the days of like the early NFL where it was like seventeen to thirteen Super Bowls and mm-hmm. the defense will really show up. We don't care about yeah, defense. De- defense wins championships or whatever. The or offense what? makes your money. Yeah. You sell with the offense sells, defense doesn't I mean, unless you're Ray Lewis or JJ Watt, you're not really selling. Uh, yeah, no. The defense doesn't ain't doing anything really, so no. But with that defense, just we'll make these final predictions and I'd re- I normally would say save game picks to the end. But you have a big gap here in the Super Bowl talk. We're going to do it right now. It's only one game. I'm not going to allot a 15-minute time slot for one game. Yeah. I don't have Chris or Jameson's picks yet. I'm, I would guarantee, if I had to guess, Chris is going Chiefs, and Jameson's going to go Tampa Bay. I think Chris is kind of on the ropes. I'm not too is sure he? who he's going to pick. So you yeah. live with him. So you kind of know what he's thinking on the daily. Yeah. I'm not, I really don't know. I mean, I know he's probably uh, – He's either really happy right about now with his golf performance or really sad about <laughs> it and is going to want to play some Rocket League later to either celebrate or to relieve, get a, some stress. relieve some stress. Who did he pick? Who did he pick? Let's see. No, I don't want to do that, computer. I want to check. He picked the Bills and the Bucks mm. for the Super Bowl. So, so maybe Bucks. So maybe he's feeling pretty confident in Tom Brady. Who knows? But Liam, I'll start with you here, and we'll have our final, our final game pick of the season. I think if you have anything on the line here, you don't. You're four I'm and seven. Four and freaking seven. I'm so so bad. You I, can uh, try not to go four and eight, but it's really about. I don't know. This, I mean, this this is the game for all the marbles we got here. I yeah, mean, this is know, the big one. This, you want to get this one right. This is what the people have been waiting for. It gets hyped up the day after the last Super Bowl ended. People are going to want to see it. You know, it's goat now versus possible future goat, like we've been saying this whole time. I feel uh-huh. like we've said goat probably 100,000 times so far in this first, oh, 50 minutes or so. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. I'm yeah. gonna say they got too much of an explosive offense for the Buccaneers defense to stop. Even though you know it could go vice versa with that. But mm-hmm. I just think Patrick Mahomes. He's he's conquered every moment there already has been, and he's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. He's, this is his third or fourth full time season uh, as the starting quarterback. He's just he's got it with him. He knows what he's got to do, and I think he's going to be able to go out there and execute and do it. I mean, like, look, right? Tom Brady, we know he's the biggest winner ever. He's greatest of all time to do it so far, unless Mahomes can somehow claim that title from him. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, ever since Mahomes hit the league, he's been the best in the league. You know, he's been MVP conversation every single year. He's won it once. He would have won it last year if Lamar Jackson didn't exist, and he would have won it this year if Aaron Rodgers didn't exist. Yeah, he's come either first or second, pretty much in MVP voting every year. He's the guy, and for twenty years, basically or nineteen years, we said you don't bet against Tom Brady. You never right. bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Doesn't matter what the un- what the odds are or if how big of an underdog he is. You don't bet against Tom Brady. But I'm going to do it because Mahomes is the guy right now. He is. It's this is the turning point. 
And, I mean, this game, I mean, we've said this whole show, this could go either way, right? I could see either team winning this in a close game, whatever. I could see either team winning this, but Kansas City, it's their time to shine right now. There hasn't been a back-to-back Super Bowl winner, and I can't even, probably the Patriots. No, it's got to be the Patriots. It's if been it's, a while. If so it's not, I don't know. And it's hard to go back-to-back, but I think a team that's going to do it is a generationally great team, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs right now with Mahomes. So I'm taking Mahomes. Liam, do you have, like, like, do you have a score prediction? Do you have a how high of a scoring this is? Because I think I think we did a score prediction last year, and neither of us got it right. But you know, it always gives you a little props for it. I'll go ahead and I'll uh, I'll put out my my score prediction. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, I say it's going to be a good game. I'm uh, thinking of a score. The first one that pops in my head is thirty-eight Chiefs, twenty-four Bucks. Oh, which two is touchdowns. Two touchdowns, which is kind of big. I have no idea what the spread is, even though I've been looking at those things all game, all uh, all this show. But I just, dude, Harrison Butker. I mean, he's a kicker, but he's the best kicker in the league. What is the spread? Chiefs negative. Chiefs minus three is the spread. Yeah, so Chiefs are favored by three. Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna. I'm definitely taking the over for that one. The over under is fifty six points. So. What's my math in my head? That's twenty-eight. That'd be a twenty-eight to twenty-eight game, fifty-six. So north or south, you'd bet the over on that one. Yeah, you have sixty-two points total. I yeah, think with that number. So uh, yeah. thirty-eight to twenty-four, a blowout. So, um, that's not a blowout. Not a, Two touchdowns. I guess not a blowout. See, I always think you know the twenty-four would come with like a late touchdown because that's how that usually happens when you're down know. that much. But I don't know. Two touchdowns. I mean, that's achievable. You know, if you got four minutes left in the game, you know, yeah. you can still get. Kansas City can score two touchdowns in two minutes. Yeah. If uh, like I'm looking, I'm looking back at what we did last year and. What was the score of last year's Super Bowl? It was like 31. What was it? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I hardly even remember watching it. I remember Raheem Mostert was going off there for a little while. And what was the score? Tell me, 31 to 20. Okay, I didn't think it was 20. but oh, I mean, that's a two-possession game. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's similar. I, I predicted a Chiefs victory of 33 to 27 last year. Jameson went big and predicted a 42 to 38 victory. So we both Germany. went pretty high on that one it was low scoring last year when we thought it was going to be high scoring and this one you know i'm thinking this one's going to be more like the eagles game i really do i don't think the defense is going to step up at all but again i said this last year and it didn't really happen until about the fourth quarter but i'm going to go chiefs here again i already said this but i'm going to go chiefs 35 to 29 weird score but i'm going 35 29 chiefs okay it's going to come down to tom Brady getting the last drive and the defense for kansas city is going to come up with a stop they're going to get a pick or a batted down pass they're going to make it happen yeah i just i mean the defense for tam has been great but i just think the kansas city defense can be clutch at times and they're going to it's going to come out and happen so yeah 35 to 29 you have 38 to 14 interested to see 24, what 24 24 yeah. to 38 yeah interest what did i say like 29 what did i just say 29 35 that was mine yeah and then i said for you i feel like i just said like something random anyway you said 14 38 i was like whoa oh, oh okay yeah. that's what i said it's 24 38 14 30 would be crazy that's yeah. kind of anyway we'll see what chris and jameson have to say jameson's gonna go probably 48 42 some something ungodly. So. <laughs> He's. I mean, look. If it like that Rams and Chiefs game when it was fifty-four to fifty or whatever it was, mm-hmm. that game was phenomenal. I loved a Super Bowl. Like I would love to have a Super Bowl. Like that, I mean, we love high-scoring games. Exactly it makes for you, exciting moments. You but. never know what happens. Just high flying. No one appreciates a good defensive 
slugfest anymore. No, this isn't the 1990s. I mean, that Bills Ravens divisional game, no one wanted to watch that. It was what seventeen to three, and the only touchdown really came off of that one hundred and one yard yeah. pick six or whatever. Yeah, no one wants to watch that. But Chiefs, Chiefs, good pick. I think it's I, Jameson and Chris could both for the Bucks. I like. You know, it'd be interesting. We have differences. You yeah. know, it's always fun. Well, we know Jameson's picking the Bucks. It's I, I know happen. he loves he loves Tom Brady. It's going to happen. Yeah, I'm looking back. This is this is hilarious. Me and Jameson did a way too early Super Bowl prediction mm-hmm. at, uh, what, what date was this? This was Instagram. I know you put dates on it. February 26th of last year. Jiminy's. So almost um, uh, t- pretty much 11 and a half months. I p- or I'll start with Jameson. Jameson picked the Seahawks and the Patriots. Patriots <laughs> winning. This was, when, this was before Tom Brady was traded, but he was adamant that we were different on that. He was adamant that Tom Brady was staying, and I was pretty adamant that he was leaving. Yeah. So he took the Patriots. Uh, I mean, you could say he kind of got that right because he picked Tom Brady's team. But I mean, he picked the Patriots for Tom Brady. It's not like he picked them for Bill Belichick. Yeah. Right. Okay, fair yeah. enough. And then the Seahawks uh, for the NFC. Which, you know, was looking really good. Until it, was, about it, was, it was looking good for about the first six, seven weeks of the yeah. season. I also picked the Seahawks. I had them beating the Ravens in the Super Bowl. That's exactly the game I would have had. I so both fell short a little bit. I know I don't know if it'll be next week because we'll do the Super Bowl review show. Mm-hmm. We'll have our postseason or wait to prediction show. That's my favorite show. I say I say this all the time. I think that's my favorite show is the wait to predictions because you can say the most absurd stuff and back it up because you have nothing else to go against. You know, right. I could come out. I could come out in two weeks and say. The Raiders are winning their division, and they're going to beat the Chiefs twice. And no one can really doubt me because who knows what's going to happen in the offseason. I mean, you know, if you get it right, you're going to be a prophet. Exactly. If you get it right, you're 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 a saint, yeah, right? But exactly. if you get it wrong, you're like, you're like, come on! I, I said the Raiders are going to win. You think I'm going to get that right? You know, it's uh, yeah. like pff, just you pass could it go off. either way. You can be like, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. I just had the feeling. Man. Yeah, exactly. And you can like go back to my show on this date. I said it. Yeah. I was the first to say. See, that's why you. That's why I love the way to our predictions. But we both got it pretty wrong last year. It just shows you know how hard it is to predict these Super Bowls. I mean, you, I mean, it's easy to predict the Tom Brady versus Mahomes team in the Super Bowl. So yeah. if I, I mean, that's the easy pick. So yeah. You don't want to make the easy pick. That's why I pick Seahawks and Ravens because it's different. You know, I haven't seen that and haven't seen the Seahawks in a while. Haven't seen the Ravens in a while. So yeah, that's why I picked that. But you know, we'll we'll get to that show in a little bit. Hope to get everybody's opinion on the way too early. But Chiefs and Chiefs, Liam thirty eight to twenty four, and me thirty five to twenty nine. I don't know how they're going to score twenty nine. You have to get a two point conversion somewhere. Well, they're just weird amount of field goals and safety missed field missed extra point attempt or something something but uh we'll go into a quick break here again when we get back we got some trade talk in the nfl matthew stafford deshaun watson some big news coming out about them in the last week so stay tuned and we'll be there if you don't follow us on social media guys please follow us we're at off the bench xlr we're on twitter instagram and facebook just look us up again green gray white logo you can see clips from the show these game picks we're making right now quotes breaking news all the fun stuff on there again just look up at off the bench xlr that's one word off the bench xlr and we're on twitter instagram and facebook but guys listen to this one song and we will be right back talking matthew stafford to sean watson trade rumors so uh be right back and we will get right back into it We are back here on Off the Bench. My name is Hayden Joyner, joined with Liam Worley. This is your top sports talk show here on XLR. 
Atlanta University Radio. And Chris, we just finished, or not Chris, Liam. I called you Chris. Well, wow. it's okay. That's uh, yeah, the yeah. only bad thing about him is that he's a Buckeyes fan. You know, what's their? Do they have a tough schedule this year. Are they going to get beat down a couple times? Or it's Big Ten. Uh, there's going to be big <laughs> expectations for every other team, and they're going to beat all those other teams by 20 while they're ranked. Uh, Inside the top ten, that's that's how the Big Ten works. Sounds about right, you know. Yep. You know, Auburn and you know Kentucky, you, you know us too. We'll, um, we'll have some good games. I am expecting nothing. We expect nothing, and usually don't get anything in return. But I mean, I've I've been to a national championship game, and it was one of the top three best experiences of my life. And if it never happens again, well, at least I got to go once. Is how I view that. See, I, we will never. Uh, Kentucky will never make a national championship game. It's but not happening. Better than South Carolina. Exactly. Hear that, Matthew? Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Either way. The NFL, we're t- we, we talk NFL here. We're not there's no college football. There's no Jameson talking Clemson. NFL, and one of the biggest news stories that came out besides the Super Bowl happening this week is that Matthew Stafford was traded to the Los Angeles Rams of all places in a blockbuster trade to start off this offseason, or not even the offseason. We still have the Super Bowl to go, but... Starting off this offseason trade season, Matthew Stafford traded to the Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff, two first-round picks, and a third-round pick. Third-round pick being in 2021, the first-round picks being in 2022 and 2023, and the Rams in return got Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Liam, uh, we were texting about this in the group chat a little bit when we saw it. How are you feeling about this trade? What was your initial reaction to this? Um, my initial reaction was, wow, there are better quarterbacks out there than Matthew Stafford, and <laughs> you gave up all that stuff for him. So, yeah, Matthew Stafford has been one – he's a highly regarded statistician. He puts up stats, you know, with his – I mean, he had Megatron, you know, for some years, but since then he's had no big names no. on – at any position. His best receiver has been what, Kenny DeGalladay. Kenny freaking Galladay. And he's probably not even going to be there this He's going to yeah. get traded this year. Yeah, he's not that good. You know, he might get 800 yards in the season or something. So for the Rams to give up that much for him, I was perplexed. And, I've, I mean, yeah, they're, they're get, Detroit's getting the good side of the deal, but I feel bad for Jared Goff because he's having to go from living this lavish lifestyle oh. out in L.A. <laughs> to, you know, top three worst cities in America over there in Detroit. Oh, you're giving it top three? That's pretty generous. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, Chicago's not a great place nowadays, and New York with COVID's just redonkulous too, so. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, like, I don't know. Uh, this, this should give the Lions some building blocks to possibly do something good. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff, you know, he hasn't played well the past two years, but he got to a uh, – a a Super Bowl in one of his earlier years in his career and we thought he was gonna be some some good stuff and he's still got he's still got that talent with him. He hasn't mm-hmm. forgotten how to play football. Number one overall pick. Yeah. I mean he doesn't he didn't have all the pieces out there that were fitting right either in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean yeah they made the playoffs this year but they weren't, you know, he doesn't have Brandon Cooks. I mean he's got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup who are respectable receivers to throw to but they're not they're not anything special, and with mm-hmm. all these uh, high round picks that Detroit's got now, maybe they can help them out and you know keep Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones around, who may not be the best players in the league. But they're but, not terrible either. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna be good pieces. You know, they're not gonna put up hundred yard games, but they might have a clutch 
uh, third down grab or mm-hmm. something that keeps a drive moving or every now and then. So, I don't know. I'm kind of excited to see the Jerry Goff part. Kind of think the Stafford part's going to flop. Yeah, the, the only negative of this is really that Jerry Goff has to sadly go to Detroit. Yeah. I mean, what he he played high school in in Los, in, uh, not Los Angeles, but in California. He went mm-hmm. to Cal for college, and then he got drafted by the Rams. He's been in California his whole life, hitting golf balls in his backyard in his exactly. free time. And now he got to go to Detroit. Detroit and lock your door lock your outside door. your door don't get robbed don't go out in the snow yeah it's yeah you gotta have about weather's three front bad doors. yeah it's just not good sadly yeah. poor jerry goff but for this trade i mean initially i was i was shocked of this mostly because i didn't think matthew stafford would be going for two first rounders a quarterback and a third rounder yeah i like to think kind of that the way this trade went down is that the rams were like we'll give you a first and a third for uh stafford right just a first i mean that seems more reasonable right a first and a third but then the rams were also like we don't want jared goff anymore so we're like would you take jared goff and they're like heck and the lions are like heck no he has a huge contract they're gonna have to you know eventually pay off for Mm -hmm. him we don't want him and then the rams are like what if we give you another first rounder will you take jared goff then they're like oh yeah sure we'll do that yeah yeah that's what i that's what i like to think how this deal went down it's really it's like asking for extra toppings on your pizza. Yeah, you have, to, you have to pay a little extra to get extra toppings. To get the juice. Where the extra topping is getting rid of a quarterback you paid too much money too early for. Yeah, it's like you sending it back because it got <laughs> mushrooms on it, and you're like, no, nah, I just wanted the meat dog. Yeah, exactly. Jared, I mean, look, Jared Goff, they, yes, they went to a Super Bowl. More likely in spite of Jared Goff, it was a defense and uh, an offense that was really well schemed for defense him. Defense was insane that year. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers ter- Super Bowl, you know. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't, wasn't a star. He was, no. just, he was just running the scheme in the system. And that's what Jared Goff was doing with those Rams in 2018. Only to score three points in the Super Bowl. But, you know, they, they had the weapons. They've given Jared Goff weapons. They just haven't been, you know, good. I mean, Robert Woods, uh, Tyler Higby, the tight end, Cam Akers, the running back this year. They've all been pretty good. No, no, like incredible star players, but you no. know they're all pretty solid guys. They should be winning a little bit better than they are, and it's the defense that's really been, you know. Well, I mean, they do have the hardest division in football, in my opinion. I yeah. mean, Seahawks are always competitive. Cardinals have been more competitive this year. 49ers would have been better, and yeah, 49ers went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, and I mean, they they would have been probably a 500 better team if they didn't have half their uh, guys out. Yeah, I can think of the word opting out and all that good stuff. But for the for the Rams on this side, you know they're getting Matthew Stafford, an obvious upgrade at quarterback. I mean, it's not the you know it's not you didn't get Deshaun Watson, you know you didn't get, God forbid, Dak Prescott. Yeah. But you got Matthew Stafford, who's you know not like I said not Deshaun Watson, but he's probably you know the second or third or third best quarterback that's going to be coming into free agency this year once you know the season ends and all these quarterbacks are going to start requesting trades everywhere. Yeah. So they definitely upgrade their quarterback. And what's crazy is that already, like, the preseason odds and stuff, they were predicted to come third in their division with Goff, and now they've jumped to first. Like, the number one, like they're the NFC West champ favorites now going into the season just for getting Matthew Stafford. They, jump from, they also jumped from an 18-to-1 Super Bowl odds to a 13-to-1 Super Bowl odds can't, just from Matthew Stafford. Can't see it. Because I'm guessing the only thought process is, is that they have a – I mean, number one defense in the league. That doesn't usually carry over year to year, but you yeah. know, they'll probably still be top five, top ten next year. And you have good offensive weapons, so now you have a competent quarterback who now has an offensive line and offensive weapons better than what he's ever had in Detroit and a way better coaching staff than he's ever had in Detroit. Right. There's bound to be – I mean, Matthew Savard's played great in Detroit, you know, stats-wise at least, but there's down, there's bound to be an improvement from him. Well, see, it's that thing we were talking about with the eye test earlier. 
Yeah. He he had the stats, but he didn't really pass the eye test because you know He's none of the, these pieces weren't revolving around him mm-hmm. like how uh, L.A. is gonna th- that thinks that they can get it done. Which I mean, they might, and like you said, these odds have improved drastically since he signed on. Which I mean, you know, I'm not a better, but apparently Las Vegas is kind of good <laughs> at what they do. They get they get a lot of things right. Oddly enough, yeah. it's crazy. But the biggest thing for the Rams, I think, is that they gave up you know first round picks again. They've become notorious at this for just trading away first round picks. I mean, they did it for Jalen Ramsey. They did it for Brandon Cooks. They did it now for Matt, two for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I mean, they're they notorious for this. It's been like eight years, or will be eight years. Yeah. They, they haven't had a first round pick since 2016. And well, I guess who they drafted? Until 2024. Yeah, they, they, 2016 they drafted Jared Goff. Yeah, and I think they gave up picks to move up in the draft to get him. They did. Yeah, they, so he's now cost them probably three or four first round picks. No, that and they gave up some to get him, and then they gave up some to get rid of him. And you know, it's just theoretical, but let's say they got you know one of these incredible players now that's mm-hmm. going and doing big, big things in the NFL. It's like, oh, what could have been? Yeah, exactly. You never know. I mean, they've traded. I'm looking at this thing. 2017, they traded to the Titans. That's after Goff. 2018, traded to the Patriots. 2019, to the Falcons. 2020 and 21, to the Jaguars for Jalen Ramsey. And then 2022 and 2023 are traded to the Lions for Stafford. So they're not getting a first-round pick till 2024. I don't know if any of the, I can't. I didn't have the list of who they drafted, those teams drafted with those picks that they got, but... I can't think of anybody too spectacular. I feel like we'd know if it was really good. You know, yeah. we would hear about it a lot. Yeah, you'd see it on social media, especially blah, 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 now. Blah. Yeah, they did this for this. The biggest thing with Jared Goff is, you know, you gave up a, hypothetically gave up a first round pick just to get rid of him, mm-hmm. and he's going to take a twenty two million dead cap hit on your situ on your your cap this year. Mm-hmm. So you give up a first round pick just so you don't have to deal with him for the next couple of years on his contract, but you still have to take now twenty two million dollar cap hit on him. Which you can't, you know, get rid of. It's dead cap hit, yeah. and that's more than what Matthew Stafford's going to hit on their team this year. Yeah. So they're paying more to the quarterback not on their team than the quarterback they've now acquired. Yeah, it's just bad. I mean, you could say bad management on the part of the Rams, but you know, they're playing. They're they're a lot in the in the category of we're going to get all the players we can right now and just win right now. They're like we're going to stack our team immediately. Yeah, not looking. They don't care about the future. Cause yeah, which is kind of. I mean. If I was an NFL GM, I'd I'd always be preparing for the future. You know, getting better, and tr- you know, if I'm mm-hmm. a good team, staying good. But I'd try to get better and better every year. And it's like they kind they took a step backward this year and are trying to take like four steps forward. And I just I yeah. don't even. They're I just like putting all their see, cards in. I maybe see break even. Yeah, I mean, there, there's already, there's people saying like they're divisional round or bust or like like not division round or bust, but minimum they should make the division around this year yeah. with Stafford. I mean, if you're the NFC West favorites, you could say that, yes. I mean, you're going to be one of the top eight teams, or not even this, what is it, top top four teams in your in your yeah. conference. Either way, I mean, you could say it's mismanagement, but what I will say is it just means the Rams have a heck of a lot of confidence in what Sean McVay as a head coach can do. Because, I mean, if you're going to have a head coach who you think is the next boy wonder, best young coach in the league, probably mm-hmm. with him and Kyle Shanahan, right? Right. And you don't give him a first-round pick for seven, eight straight years? You better have a lot of confidence that he can build a pretty good team with what he has. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not going to get Devontae Smith, you know, in the late 20s or anything. No. But you might be able to find a good value guy who's not blowing up everybody's top 10 in their mock drafts, Mm -hmm. and he ends up going 25 to 32 
like uh you know how they how they've been kind of playing they'd probably be in, been like 24 25 what Justin Jefferson did last year exactly and if you get someone that far back you know you're kind of taking a slight risk on them mm-hmm. but they could still blow up and just you know make your team dynamical I mean I think Sean McVay is like such a good head coach right and it basically is it's meaning like he wants to get a roster that they can scheme around and work really well that way. Right. That's how they made the Super Bowl in 2018. That's what they're going to do. They're not going to try to formulate their team like with a, with a stud running back and a stud quarterback and wide receiver, kind of like what Kareem Bay does, and disregard mm-hmm. a lot of other aspects. They're just like, we'll build a very solid overall team and scheme our way to victory. That's what they did in 2018, like I said. It's Which what the 49ers it, it, did, and it works. It can happen, but, you know, I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes, Tyree yeah. Kill, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, the thing with the scheming is it works for one year, and then in the offseason the teams catch on to what you're doing, and it doesn't work the next year, yeah. and you have to re-scheme. But if you have a Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes kind of situation. You're, you're just better than everybody else. Yeah, you can't. You're de- you, as a defense coordinator, you can't out scheme against elite talent. No, they're just going to beat you no matter what you do. Right. So that's the difference. And the Rams are trying to go for that scheme ability, but they do have a lot of faith in McVeigh that he can just make this work no matter who he has. And I definitely, I mean, I think that the Rams are better with Stafford anyway. I mean, he's probably going to, you know, be a six seed or something in uh, yeah. in the NFC. But I'll have I to wait to see what the Seahawks and 49ers do. But I think, I mean, I think right now they should be one of. I mean, they should be up there with the favorites for the NFC West. I mean. I don't know. I th- I think the Seahawks, they'll probably get a few more little pieces this year that'll defense. just make them a tiny bit better. They got to resign. That's all they need. They got to resign Tyler Lockett, I think. But other than that, their offense looks about the same. They'll probably they, sign a running they back. They should get Tyler Lockett back. I, they, think. I mean, it's like it's like uh like Wes Welker for Brady. I mean, yeah. t- Russell Wilson loves that dude. And he's us. He's not. He's not. He's not bad. He, no, he's really good. I think he's better than DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. But you know he's not like you know a, more appealing to the eye than he's DK not like is. A, yeah he's not yeah I, I don't know what, I don't know how to really start like DK is just you know he's, he's built the, different he's the he's built like, exactly he's huge yeah he's like a Devontae Adams Julio Jones kind of guy whereas Tyler Lockett's you know he's like Cole Beasley size yeah and he's but, like five ten five, yeah 11. but he makes the clutch plays he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll get you the fourth and ten catch on the sidelines he'll get it for you DK yeah. Metcalf might not but Tyler Lockett will get that for you yeah that's that's just the whole thing but um. For for Matthew Stafford, obviously two first round picks and a third round pick and a quarterback. This just ups the price for what Deshaun Watson's going to end up getting if Houston lets go of him. They've come out and said whatever their new GM's name is. They've come out and said that they don't want to trade him. They're not adamant on trading him, and they want to keep him because you don't trade away elite talent. Even though Deshaun Watson's already formally asked for a trade. At the end of the day, Deshaun Watson's going to get what Deshaun Watson wants because he's uh-huh. top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. So people are going to be willing to give up, you know, a bunch of money, a bunch of, you know, uh, assets to get him so that they can build the team around him mm-hmm. and he'll be better, whether that be Miami or the Jets or whoever, Washington. I don't know. There's just – I mean, it's going to it's gonna be able to – like we're going to see what teams are going to be thinking here come March or April, whenever the draft is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there's any remaining teams, they're probably going to make a push to get Watson. And if they can't get him this year, they're probably going to try to get him in the offseason before the draft next year. Mm-hmm. What For Deshaun Watson, I mean, this already ups his price to probably two first-rounders, maybe a third first-rounder. Or you do, like, 
two firsts, two seconds, and an elite player. I mean, you're you're talking a lot of stuff for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're, you're I mean, this is going to be one of the biggest trades value wise because you don't see a quarterback at 25, 26 years of age in the prime of his career, one of the top five, six guys in the league, player wise, not even quarterbacks. Mm-hmm being on the free agent market those kind of players usually get scooped up unless you play for the cowboys Mm -hmm. but those guys get scooped up you don't see these guys hitting the free agent market so this is going to be a monster trade whatever happens and i agree it's going to be like you have to give up a lot and get him and then form your team around him again after that because you're not going to be able to keep your star players and a bunch of picks and get deshaun watson no I mean, like for the I mean, the Jets are probably the only exception because they have no really players to give up to get exactly. Deshaun Watson. Maybe I don't even know who I could say maybe for. Yeah, there's really they, they there's really, no one. There's no one. You just got to give up your number two overall pick, probably three like two other first rounders and a couple seconds it'd, or something. It'd be picks for them, and I I mean, you know, just financial compensation. Yeah, just you know, I mean, Deshaun Watson did sign a huge contract. Yeah, thirty nine million dollars a year, second highest in the league behind Mahomes. That was last offseason, I think, before the season started. Mm-hmm. So he's going to cost a lot of money, cost a lot to get, and cost a lot to keep because he's on this big contract, and you're going to have to keep that. But where would you – I mean, right now, we've kind of made these thoughts already, and it's going to happen forever. But, like, right now, immediately after this Matthew Stafford trade, what do you think – not best destination, but who do you think should really be going after him the most? Uh, I, we said New York. New York needs someone to turn their po- – You can make the, the argument New York, New York needs to trade for – Anybody they can anybody get. anybody that shows positive signs of improvement because right now they don't have it they, have they don't <laughs> they have they have garbage um, Miami you know Fitzmagic Tua neither one of them so or I mean Fitzmagic you know he's kind of older yeah he, he's, you, we know what you're getting from he Fitzmagic can, yeah he's you know he's kind of consistent but at the end of the day he's not an incredible playmaker mm-hmm. unless his face mask has just been yanked pulled around <laughs> his head Tua Tagovailoa you know it's kind of like that thing that Chris brings up every week with Dwayne Haskins you know he we should give him more time to get better. <laughs> But you know these guys coming out of the uh, out of college could be better than him right now. Mm-hmm. Are ready to play better than him, and you know a lot of them are going to have chances and probably could be better. But I would push if I was Miami. Who else we got? Washington, Chicago, Chicago, San Fran. Yeah, San Fran could use them for sure. I saw something about the Raiders trying to yeah, get rid of Derek too. Carr. That, so, I mean, I. Mean, I'd, I'd do that if I was a Maybe a little too. swap or something, and the Raiders give up, you know, who else they got that's good on that team? Uh, Rugs, maybe? You want to give them Rugs? They wouldn't give up Rugs. Josh yeah. Jacobs? They have, who do they have? They have. I feel like they have some pretty good D linemen. I don't know. I can't think of top. They have the kid from Clemson. Uh, yeah, Farrell. Farrell. You should give, give a Clemson guy for a Clemson guy. I don't know. Okay, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I there's a bunch of teams that could use them. I could utilize him better than the Texans. He would personally benefit from with his career probably getting less beat up than what he's been mm-hmm. getting beat up at Tech that and uh, down there in Houston. And uh, I just I think I think it would be better for him. And you know he's not going to be motivated to keep playing in Houston if they don't let him go. Mm-hmm. And though at some point he may be like, "Yo, I'm not playing this week." But you're still paying me all this money to do nothing. So yeah. what what you going to do about it? I definitely think there's going to be a holdout. If, I mean, if this doesn't, they don't. They're, 
Houston looks like they're pretty adamant not trading him, so this might end up being a holdout situation. Mm-hmm. And he'll show up to camp one day with about thirty extra pounds in his gut, kind of like what James Harden did to get out of Houston. Yeah, I mean, he's still gonna, he's still gonna, he he has more competitive nature, and is no offense, to James Harden, but probably a lot better character than James yeah. Harden. <laughs> so I mean. To a point, he's going to be like, yo, yeah, I understand this is my current situation. I'm just going to go out there and play a few games and do what I love to do. But at the same time, I want to take better care of myself and try to do this for more time ahead, which mm-hmm. I think he's end up going to do, if not this year, next year. What I would say, like, when it comes down to what, like, where you'd go, my favorite name is always Indianapolis. Uh-huh. And I, mean, I said it with Matthew Stafford, and apparently they were in the running to get him. Apparently Matthew Stafford told the Lions he would get, go anywhere except New England, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd, but, you know, to one to one's their own. Yeah. But I always think, I mean, Indianapolis is the best spot. You have a quarterback opening, great O-line, great running back in Jonathan Taylor. It's emerging. He's young. T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. Been around the block. The He's defense has been very, very reliable. Defense has been top ten. Yeah. Their last couple of years, but apparently no one wants to go there. I don't know what it is. I don't think Deshaun's going to go there because it's interdivisional, and the Texans won't do that because they have to play him twice a year. I mean, it's not Texas Steakhouse, it's Deshaun Watson, but I, from what I hear, Indianapolis does have some damn good steakhouses. Oh yeah, <laughs> but what I, look where I where I where I would put Deshaun Watson if I was John Lynch right now, GM for the San Francisco Forty ers mm-hmm. and I just saw Matthew Stafford get traded into my division and the Rams going as favorites win the division now and you have kyler murray in arizona that's you had to play twice a year russell wilson and that in the seahawks which they're only going to get bad, better bad man if you have those three combinations in your division and you're looking at jimmy garoppolo and nick mullins as your two quarterbacks who honestly are more similar than not when it yeah. comes down to it and you're already wanting to ship away garoppolo i would do anything to get Deshaun watson for I mean, they kind of have a high draft pick this year, uh-huh. too. So, I mean, they may stretch and get Zach Wilson or and they, Justin Fields falls a I, little bit. I think they've been in the mocks to get somebody. Mm-hmm. I think it's been the Zach Wilsons or, or in that range. Well, I saw Atlanta was picking, trying to pick a quarterback, I've seen every too, quarterback. which is a little weird. I, I mean, think that'd be Matt a, Ryan. That'd be a project. You know, yeah. keep him for a couple of years, do, pull a Mahomes or a yeah, exactly. Mahomes-Alex Smith kind of situation. Yeah. If I'm John Lynch, I'm getting Deshaun Watson. I mean, for Deshaun Watson, you're getting you're going on a team with one of the best defenses in the in the conference at least. Yeah, coming off of you know played. I mean, they didn't the record didn't show up, but they played pretty competitively this year despite their injuries. You know, they won the probably the best young coach in Kyle Shanahan. Great front office with John Lynch. Great defense, like I said, running game that's top in the league. George Kittle. Brandon Ayuk Young. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun's way less of a stretch than Zach Wilson or Justin yeah, you, Fields is. Those are, you know, those are gambles. You, you, know you, know, you're getting yeah. Deshaun, you know you're getting a top-five quarterback. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, don't get me wrong, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson could have tons of talent and may be able to do something huge uh-huh. here in the next three or four years. But yeah. Justin Fields is coming off of, you know, some brutal games uh-huh. where he got beat up a bunch. And, uh, you know, Zach Wilson, he played at BYU. We he didn't get too much competition. Yeah, that's the iffy part about him. He lost to Coastal Carolina. I mean, which no offense to Coastal, but they're not you know powerhouse no, football. No, they, they were good this year, but there's there's a limit to how good they are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I f- the the only downside with the San Francisco thing is you're gonna have to give up two first round picks and an elite player, and they have a ton of talent. Don't get me wrong, but with the talent they have on that team. A place like Houston isn't going to accept two first rounds, a second round, and Brandon Ayuk. They're mm-hmm. not going to take that. They want two first rounds, two second rounds, and someone like Nick Bosa to yeah. go to Houston. They want the big money, especially ballers. with JJ Watt saying he wants to kind of get out of there too. 
or rumors of him getting out of Houston too, which I don't blame him I at don't, all. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. He loves that city too much. I don't yeah. know if he'll leave, but he might just retire. Probably the best, honestly. But I mean, he's had his fair share of injuries too. Yeah, the San Francisco. I'd give it, and I don't know if I'd chip away Nick Bosa because I mean that's generational that's your talent. Key, that's, that's your key your, piece that's on your defense. Cornerstone on defense. Yeah, and they have who's the other? They have another D. Like a defensive end, it's really good. Oh, I don't know, but uh, Rich, I, they got D Ford, D Ford, Auburn boy. Maybe that's something. I don't know. They have probably, another, probably is they have another really good guy on their defensive line. But I mean, Nick Bosa, generational talent, was number two overall pick for them. I think yeah. they're not going to give him up. And then, I mean, you got some good talent back there in the uh, secondary with Richard Sherman. I mean, he hasn't been who he was at the Seahawks, but he's still, you know, he's, he's, he's a good, good, good leader. Yeah, you have to give up an elite player. I don't think it's. I hope it's not Nick Bosa, but I mean. Who else they got? Who else you got? You're going to have to give up one of your best. Don't give up George Kittle. Mm-mm. I'd say their defense is pretty good. I mean, if you had to give up Nick Bosa, you got to really sweeten that deal with the Houston Texans, but they're going to have to ship somebody in some kind of way. But yeah. I'd, I mean, if Deshaun Watson wants to pick where he goes, I'd pick to go to San Francisco because it's a com- competitive division. You're going to play with elite guys. Probably the best situation with Indianapolis that you could potentially go to. Yeah. Except you're not going to Indy because it's interdivisional, but that's uh that's how i'd shake it I'd, i would totally want to go work with kyle shanahan in that, I, I, that run game i mean yeah san francisco is you know not the best place to live but he'd make do i mean california weather can be good sometimes you know, the so. price of living is crazy in san francisco yeah. it's probably worse than la right? yeah i don't know yeah, it'll, that bad, but it's just a lot of smog and stuff <laughs> i don't know a lot of, a lot of a lot of fun stuff either way yeah we're going to go into a quick break. When we get back, we got a couple more minutes left. Liam and I, both F1 fans, we're going to talk a little bit of, a little bit of preview for the season woo. coming up. You know, favorite, favorite. Time. We have the one clip on Instagram of the Eiffel Grand Prix or whatever it was. Yeah. So we'll get a couple more maybe, but we'll be talking that. So, guys, if you're interested in F1, stay tuned. If you're not, stay tuned anyway. We'll make you interested. Yeah. But, guys, follow us on social media at Off the Bench XLR as well, our podcasting network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play Podcasts. Check us out there. Just look up Off the Bench. Look for the green, gray, white logo, and you will see all of our podcasts and social media posts on whatever platform you choose to look at. But anyway, guys, one last song, and we will be right back into the show. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. And we are back here on XLR. Land University Radio, this is Off the Bench, your top sports talk show. My name's Hayden Joyner. Joined with Liam Worley for this last segment of the show. We have about, probably like 10, 10 or so minutes left in the show. But Liam, like I said, you know we're big F1 fans. They don't get to talk about it much because either people won't listen or people don't care. Yeah. But new season starting up. It's nice for this year because it's kind of, I mean, it does happen every year. The off season's the same kind of length, but you know, it, we started in July the season with the whole mm-hmm. COVID thing, and then it was just rapid fire, right? Yeah. It was like... Three races a month instead yeah, exactly. of one or two. You would, you would get, I think, was there ever a back-to-back-to-back? I think there was. I think was. there was a triple header at yeah. some point. There was a lot of double headers, and you get the weeks. But it was really rapid fire, and now we're going to have a full-length season, normal, for once. Yeah, I mean, Australia's already been moved, but besides that... It's been moved to, like, November or something, right? Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's like next to last race of the season or yeah, something. Yeah, and then we're going to... We got Imola, I think, second week of the second race. Is that no, right? No. And then we have a TBC currently. I'm trying to think of this off the top of my head. I think we, have a, we still have a to-be-determined race. Um, are they racing? Uh, they're not doing Saudi Arabia this year, are they? Or not Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. Are they doing that this year or no? Well, let's see. Uh, so we yeah, got, You got the schedule. Yeah, we got Bahrain, and then we got, uh, it looks like, one of the Italians. 
That's Imola. Yeah, so yes, Imola, and then a to be announced. Spain, Monaco, uh, Baku, Canadian, French, Austrian, British, Hungarian, Spa, Dutch Grand Prix, uh, another Italian Grand That'd be Prix. Monza. Yeah, and then uh, Russia, Singapore, Japan, U.S., back at Coda in October. Hopefully we're all good by then. Yeah. Mexico City, brilliant track. Brazil. Australia. Oh, they are at Saudi Arabia. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, and then Abu Dhabi. Maybe they took off. Uh, looks like they took off Australia. I heard that maybe it's like. Oh, no, it's right there. I'm, oh, it's, you know, oh, it I'm there. an idiot. I heard like at some point they put it to the end because Australia is so strict with their rules. They because, are. You know, they're, I mean, they've contained it pretty well. So they're not going to take any risks. Them and New Zealand have been very good. Yeah. So they put it at the end of the calendar just because maybe if it they'll have a better more time to speculate if they want to actually have it or not mm-hmm. so they didn't want to put the beginning and then cancel it because then you have a couple of weeks for the whole schedules to be reworked but anyway i mean this is going to be a crazy f1 season i mean it should have been a much bigger one this time last year because we were going to have the new regulations going into effect in 2021 now right. it's been pushed back till next year so the teams with i think there's been a limited arrow regulation or stuff like that changes for the for the the floors of the cars yeah so there's a little bit of difference so a bit of room for improvement and stuff but the biggest the funniest thing about the season is that you're going to have i think we're going to end up seeing this between the teams right some teams are going to put all their all their money into this this development year because they're going to think teams are going to slack off because they're putting more towards 2022 right so you, you might have teams like racing point or mclaren pushing really hard to maybe get second or put you know really fight for race wins this and year mclaren keeps they keep going they keep, up exactly just keep, a little bit next, every year they were third their next step is first and or now second. they got they got race danny winning, rick yeah race winning driver and danny rick you know love carlos signs but danny rick's a big step up so yeah mclaren's looking to push i think that's really like racing point mclaren ferrari's not doing it uh i said renault alpine yeah, I mean they're a new team. Uh, Aston Martin takes over from Racing oh, Point. Right. I, th- I was completely yeah. Aston Martin said Racing yeah. Point. Exactly. You know. I mean, there's just a lot of new stuff. A lot of new driver combinations. I mean, you got one of the best drivers in Fernando Alonso coming out of retirement. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Vettel's driving for a new team. Uh, Signs in the Claret Ferrari. That'll be a uh, very good interesting. Competition. Interesting duo. You got yeah. uh, Michael Schumacher's right. son Mick. Uh-huh. That's that's big for the sport, whether or not he does well. And, and uh, Lewis Hamilton still yet to sign a contract. You never know. George Russell is just sitting there. George Cheaper, same same. Uh, I need extra, same output. extra footroom and a laptop with Excel, please. <laughs> and that's all I need. That's yeah. all he needs, and he'll sign the deal. Yeah. I'd, I mean, look, if I was driving a Williams, a Williams my whole career and had the chance to get a Mercedes for like a season, I would say pay me 10 bucks. You know, yeah. pay me ten bucks. My endorsement deals will get me the rest of it. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. Even if he stays in Williams this year, I think he'll get. I think he'll get his first Williams points. Williams has said they're working with Mercedes more. I think starting this year and then no. into the new regulation. Yeah. So I think they're definitely going to be running with points. And I think Latifi. I don't have any faith in Latifi. He's had a few good races. I think he has to get up to speed with it. He's yeah. also a money boy, so he'll he'll probably stay around the sport for it's a, like a year or two. It's like Stroll. Yeah. Even though Stroll's made some podiums. He's made he's he's made some progress. Part of that's because 
because Racing Point decided to well, decide to reskin a Mercedes 2019. His, and, his dad is the owner. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, manager of Aston Martin they'll, F1. They'll, so. they'll keep him there. I think ideally you would have wanted to keep Perez and he's, then he's, Vettel. But, but I mean, you he's going to be a good protege to Vettel. I mean, Vettel's yeah. probably got three more years. I'd yeah. say if I if he, he if he does good this year, I yeah. mean, his Ferrari pace last year was abominable. But so you bad. can chalk that up to Ferrari's package working better for Leclerc and being more Leclerc oriented. Very much so. You know, Vettel works good with a car that is suited for him. That's what he did mm-hmm. in Red Bull, and that's why he won four straight with uh, with Red Bull back in the early 2010s. But yep. I'm just, I mean, this season, it's so much like you would you wouldn't have thought that this kind of it's kind of like a intermittent season. It's yeah. between, I mean, the crazy year that was last year with the, you know all the new races and the pack schedule, and then the regulation changes in 2022 that could see you know any number of teams becoming really good or really bad out of nowhere. Right. So it's kind of like an intermittent season, but with all these new driver changes and then the slight regulation changes and then the fact that teams could be going all in or kind of being screw the season, we'll just wait till next year to really push. Right. You could see some some race races happen that you wouldn't normally see. You could have something crazy like Gasly winning at Monza again. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you got the the two young new young duo that uh-huh. took over the two experienced duo of Foss from K Mag and Grosjean, who weren't you know stunning drivers mm-hmm. but now they're 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 both racing in america now yeah is, believe is, it or not one of them's in, in imsa right uh yeah is, is endurance Mag- uh magnuson yeah. he's with ganassi over in uh imsa and then, was, he uh, was racing the 24-hour daytona yeah the other day yeah, yeah he's doing okay he's in second for a lot of what i uh-huh. was watching and uh roman grosjean actually signed an indycar deal today oh so, really yeah. i didn't see that yeah that'll be interesting to see how not f1 bad, translates bad. i mean we had juan pablo montoya yeah. It's the only one I can think off the top of my head that has had good IndyCar success, but Marcus Erickson's there now, and mm-hmm. uh, Felipe Nazra came for a year and stuff, kind of like, you know, Sauber drivers and stuff. It's always Sauber drivers. Yeah. Alfa Romero, I think they'll be replacing their drivers. They already, they'll be doing it soon enough. They'll Kim, pull a, they'll yeah. pull a Haas because Kimmy's on the way out. Kimmy has to retire at some point. And Gio Venazzi's Gio's been okay, but he's. I mean, he's good for an eighth place finish about once. A, you know, if you're racing four races in a month, once a month, I would yeah. say. Yeah, he'll, he'll he'll get a point every now and then, or you know, put put, put a fringe. He's not bad, but they'll do a bigger placement like Haas did. Yeah. I, I think you're right about Williams. He, they're going to push for points this year, mm-hmm. or like maybe once or they, something. They have. Get they have George to get Russell. I mean, and George Russell. Yeah, I mean, he's got the talent to do whatever he wants. Uh-huh. But he's put in the worst team in F one. Yeah, and has to deal with that. I think right. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to say Haas is going to be the worst team this year, and then probably I, I think I think I really think Williams is going to be kind of where Alpha is. They'll be fringe points. They'll get something if they really can. I was thinking. Uh, Toroso was going to have um, Gasly's going to be great. Yeah, but their new Japanese young guy Tosuda or something. Sonoda, Sonoda. Uh, it's T S O Yoki Sonoda. Yoki Sonoda. That's how you say it. I can only say it with his first name. It's yeah. Yoki Sonoda. Yeah, the T is silent. I don't think he's going to do too well. No, uh, but I not don't yet. Know. I, I think I think he'll be okay. It's nice to see you know Japan back in F one, new yeah, nationality on the on the on the charts, and then. We have Russia back in, but well, we already had him in because of Kvyat. But yeah. I don't even mention what that dude's name is because he sucks. But who Nikita? Yeah, Mazepin. Nikita Mazepin. Yeah. Something slaps yeah. women and fights. I mean, said it was playful. The woman, the woman said she gave him. 
Oh know. well. Oh well. I mean, Mick will outshine him, and then Mick will be in a Ferrari by 2023. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, Signs is probably going to have to go elsewhere, unless he's uh, just a traveler at this they point. They want to do like a Leclerc one-two oh, uh, with Arthur coming up. He won. <laughs> he won the virtual race he the did other win. day. No, no, no. He didn't. He he was on pole, but uh, oh. the uh, the Enzo Fittipaldi won. Oh, you're right. Arthur right. came second because he was leading it for like the whole race, and then. He got a late three-second penalty, mm. so he ended Penalties. up. And then he lost on track, I think, anyway. Freaking but. FIA. <laughs> Virtual FIA. Just what screwing. the heck? I think there was something like like 150 total seconds of penalty time in that race. I mean, you have, you know, just they YouTubers, have, and you have Real Madrid goalkeepers yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming out and racing Formula One cars. Like, yeah, they're going to cut a few corners. They're probably going to accidentally hit someone. Uh-huh. That's that's what happened. The first corner, I think it was lag, but literally, like if you watch the the virtual the highlights, there was like one car. I can't. I think it was like one of the. It was a presenter or something. He just came flying into the first corner in Austria mm-hmm. and just took out like five people. I think they said he was like he was actually lagging, but that's what happens. You know, it, it happens. But either way, I mean, we are running out of time in the show, but I'm just super excited for this one F1 season. I definitely yeah. want to talk about it more on the show, especially in this off season when we're the football off season when yeah. the races eventually start up. We'll, we'll make Jameson and Chris and all them fans just or at least listeners. At le- yeah, at least just listen to us. I mean, it's kind. Of, I mean, I know I mean, I have to listen to Jameson's Clemson crap for 30 minutes a game, so or name it's a show, so he I can mean, listen to our F1 crap. I'm more racing oriented than ever anything, so uh-huh. that's what I feel most comfortable talking about, whether it be NASCAR or F1 or Indy. Or whatever i'm mostly football but i can talk i can talk some racing when i have to i yeah. f1 especially i can really follow f1 nascar have been out of the loop recently but this upcoming season looking pretty interesting with the the bristol dirt coda and yeah what they're doing other road tracks what else are they doing indianapolis road course indianapolis road daytona, course, daytona road, road course, course. sonoma watkins Glen. yeah those two roval yeah i knew they were doing like true road courses yeah. roval at charlotte you know the fun stuff. See that that yeah. I mean the whole goal of them doing that is to get more people watching. I think because well, know. it's for a wider audience. Exactly. Since they got more views this year because they were the first thing back from yeah. COVID. I mean, you had like they're doing virtual GPS on GPS. They're doing virtual races on iRacing. I think mm-hmm. like in April and those were crazy popular. I remember. And they're they're so popular they're coming back on like midweeks. Their drivers are going to really? take a break out of their week and you know race on Wednesday nights and stuff. Very exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a it, COVID did some good things. It Up did some good coming. things for for a lot of the racing community. There was racing was like the first thing back. I know. I'm surely happy about it. Yeah, you're sitting in cars. You're not COVID. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fine. It's you, nothing else. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, we'll talk, definitely talk about it for for weeks to come. We'll, we'll make we'll make Chris and Jameson and Matthew, whoever's on the show, listen to us. But guys, thank you so much for listening. This will pretty much do it for the show. Liam, thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. The only one of, of our entire group. You're the only one available today, which is kind of crazy. But you know, it happens. You know, it happens. We're in college. We have weird schedules. We got, we got deathmatch golf tournaments. Chris, if you're listening right now, I hope you won. God bless, buddy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you did Godspeed. phenomenal. Yeah, we'll, we'll play some Rocket League. We'll play some football tonight. And relieve some tensions. But. Yeah. It's fine. But, guys, anyway, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, follow us on t- Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you haven't already, at OffTheBenchXLR. We can see all the posts from this show and previous shows, game picks, all the fun stuff there. As well, check us out at our podcasting network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play Podcasts. You can just look us up there, at OffTheBench. On that, just look up, you know, off the bench of Spaces, and we're right there. But, guys, anyway, Liam, again, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, guys, stay in the game and off the bench, and have a good night.
With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm. Mmm. Grilled onions. And a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mm. I participate in McDonald's.